I believe in the sun. Yeah. I believe in the risen one. I believe I overcome by the power of his blood. Amen. Amen. I'm alive. I'm alive yeah. because he lives. Amen. Amen. And my song joins the one that never ends because he was dead in the grave I was covered in sin and shame I heard mercy call my name yeah. He rolled the stone away Amen Amen I'm alive if you brought one to Romans. Amen. I'll call on a few people real quick. <laughs> I called on Todd the other day and told him to lay down on the floor. He had a $300 shirt on. <laughs> Thank God he's a servant of the Lord. Amen. God is so good. Uh, brother, would you stand up right there? My new bodyguard. Yes, you stand up there. I'm pointing right at you. Yes, stand up right there. Amen. If anybody wants to mess with me, you got to go through him. I'm just telling you all right now. 
Uh, Rayford, would you stand up? Everybody's laughing at Rayford. And uh, uh, let me see who else uh, I can get to stand up. Uh, uh, women, let me see women. Uh, let me see Sarah, you stand up. Uh, let me see Holly girl, you stand up. Uh, what I got, one, two, three, four. I need like five. Uh, uh, Benny, you stand up. Uh, okay, stand up too, darling. Huh? Uh, Betty, you stand up too. Now all y'all got to come up here and stand right here. Y'all can stand right here so I can uh, so I can uh, talk to y'all for a minute. Man, I love going to this church. Is that what y'all say? Man, I love going to this church. And uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, uh, real quick, Donnie, why are you hiding back there all hiding, man? Like, hey, man, don't see me, man, don't see me. <laughs> man, it's bad when you come over here and you ain't all dressed up and preacher calls you. I know how that feels. Uh, what do you do for a living? She is a preschool teacher. What do you do, Miss Betty? Realtor. Benny? <laughs> we hear that. <laughs> Amen. What do you do, Rayford? Sarah? Say that again. I couldn't hear you. Holly? Amen. Mike? Is it Mike? Kelly. Kelly, what do you do? Truck driver has this hot shot business. Let me ask y'all a question. I'll start right here with her because she's the youngest. You're a preschool teacher, right? If you go all day and you don't feed the kids, you don't talk to the kids, you cuss the kids, you kick the little kid when they're not listening, don't do that. <laughs> do you think you'd have a job? Huh? It, 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 what could you do right now to get fired? What do you think you could do right now in your profession that, that you know would get you terminated? If you didn't do your job correctly, now look, all these people are about to report you. <laughs> well, what, what could you do that you think you could get fired for? Right here? Yeah, anywhere. At school, on the job. Anything. I have to set an example for kids. Amen. So what could you do to get fired? Drinking, Drinking going to work drunk. Nudity. Nudity. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If I was to hit a child outside of Lose your whole career. So if you don't do your job correctly, what could happen? Okay. Amen. So can I give you some advice? Do your job correctly. Miss Betty? Now, you're a realtor. She's a brand-new realtor. So, praise God. If you got anything to buy or sell, see Miss Betty. Right, Miss Betty? Amen. Huh? I'll need my commission later. And uh, Now, tell me, you go in and out of people's houses. You have this little code thing on the door, and you can get in when nobody else can get in. What can you do to get fired? If you don't do your job correctly... What can you do? What, 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 what's one of the things you could do to get fired? Yeah. Stealing something out of their house. 
going back when nobody's there, not doing your paperwork right, you could wind up not only fired but persecuted and in jail. Huh? Can I tell you a little secret? Do your job correctly. What about you, Brother Benny? I'll wait for you. Hold on. Let me go over here. <laughs> Brother Kelly, now you drive a truck. You go all over the place. I've seen you got some awesome trucks. My kids always say, hey, look at that boy's truck. <laughs> you do the hot shot business. You're dropping off loads. You're picking up loads. What could you do to get fired? <laughs> Good way to lose a job, <laughs> run over somebody. What could you do to get terminated? Drinking and driving, lose your driver's license. You can't, you can't go on the road if you ain't got no driver's license. Don't keep up with your log books. Run from the police when they pull you over and want to weigh you. Uh, pass up the scales every time. I know how y'all do, huh? Don't think I don't know. I know that business a little bit. Don't tell me. <laughs> Kelly, I want to tell you something. You love your business. You love your job. Do it correctly. If you do your job correctly every time, you got nothing to worry about. How many believe that tonight? If you, if you do things correctly, how many believe that you don't have things to worry about? Holly, now you work for me, and you know how I am. So then you, you, you left and you went to work for somebody else, and I don't know how they are, but you told me that he's kind of crazy. and He's an attorney. Most attorneys are crazy. And Holly has to keep up with this guy over and over again. But what could you do to get fired? Yeah. Forging signatures, not producing documents, not doing what the boss tells you to do. How many times has he come in and screamed and hollered at you? So, Mary, don't feel so bad when I do you. You know what I'm saying? Don't feel so Every day, I'm just once a month. Yeah, you, <laughs> so, so if you don't do your job correctly, with, he could lose his license. And, and you went to school for this. You worked for Caney Creek Cowboy Church for a number of years, and then you left here, and you went to school for how many years? 18 months to get her degree. Now, do you want to lose that? And do your job correctly. Sarah, I'll be back to you because I know you want to quit your job, girl. You, 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 me and Carl had this conversation today. She's like, what can I do to get fired? I'm running it through my mind right now. Benny, how long have you been working for that company? 41 years. 41 how many layoffs have you been through and made it? A bunch. God's had his hand on you, hasn't he? He's taking care of you. Even when you weren't taking care of your business, he had a grace umbrella around you, didn't he? Huh? Amen. Now, what could you do at 41 years to get fired? Two DWIs. Drugs automatically. Drinking. Stealing out of the tool room. Huh? Can I tell you something? Do your job correctly. Because you want to make it another 41 years, don't you? I want this somewhere in there. <laughs> I'm going to get back over here to sweet Sarah. Sarah, what, I, don't, I, I know your boss. He's an awesome guy. He rides a Harley. He's a cool dude. And he loves you. 
What could you do to him to make him want to fire you? Dishonest. Steal identities. She could do identity theft. Get somebody with a good social security number is all I got to say. <laughs> if you're going to do it, get somebody got some good credit. A 780. <laughs> if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right, girl. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it. In order to keep your job, you need to do it correctly. You need to do everything right because you are ready to go and you are ready to find something else, but you don't want a termination. Nobody wants that, huh, young lady? How old are you? 24. Give all my help a big round of applause tonight. Thank you, guys. Go be seated. Do your jobs correctly. Do your jobs correctly. I just kept hearing God just screaming that today. He just kept screaming at me today. Not in a mad way or an angry way, but what he was saying to me so loud that I could hear him. He was saying to me, he says, he says serve me correctly. Serve me correctly. That is needed to be heard today in the church. Serve me correctly. Is anybody listening tonight? Say amen. God said today to do your job, to do what's right, to serve him correctly. I want to get into that tonight. How can I serve God correctly? I'm glad you ask. You got to serve him with your whole heart. How many believe that tonight? To serve God correctly, you would have had to give him your whole heart. How many have an employee that, that, that don't give it their all and you notice them right away? Huh? How many times do we see people in a relationship and they don't give their all? How many of y'all got a friend and you give everything and they hardly give nothing? God wants us to serve him correctly tonight. This is a word that you need to pierce in your heart tonight, every one of you, that God wants you to serve him correctly. Say that. Say it. God wants me to serve him. Say it again. Touch somebody and tell them. Say it, say it, say it again. And how do we serve him correctly? With our whole heart. When I heard God saying, serve me correctly, Mark. Serve me correctly, Mark. Serve me correctly. And I was thinking, God, what else can I do? He said, you can give me your whole heart. You can give me your whole heart. I want God to have everything that I am and every bit of my heart. And you should want that too. Because that's what he desires for. I said, Lord, take me somewhere. Teach me something today. And I was in a hurry today. I was, I was rushing. I was in a hurry today. I said, God, take me somewhere and teach me something. And he took me to Romans 1, verse 9. Got my Bible?
My throat hurts a little bit, so if you see me drinking, I don't mean to be rude. I'm just got a, a little bit of a sore throat. I'm praying God takes away. Romans 1, verse 9. How do we serve God correctly? It's found right here. I serve God with my whole heart. I preach the good news about His Son. God knows that I always remember you in my prayers. How many is that just an awesome feeling right there? How does it read that in your Bible? Something like that. We all got different versions. This is out of the New Living Translation, the NLT. But it says, I serve God with my whole heart. I preach the good news about His Son. God knows that I always remember you in my prayers. I pray that now at last it may be God's plan to open the way for me to visit you. I long to see you. Now this is Paul. I long to see you. I want to make you strong by giving you a gift from the Holy Spirit. I want to, us to cheer each other up by sharing our faith. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know that I have planned many times to visit you. But until now, I've been kept from coming. My work has produced, produced results amongst others who are not Jews. In the same way, I want to see results among you. I have a duty both to Greeks and non-Greeks. I have a duty both to wise people and foolish people. Verse 15. So I really want to preach the good news also to you who live in Rome. I am not ashamed, say that again, I am not ashamed of the good news. It is God's power, and it will save everyone who believes. It is meant first for the Jews. It is also meant for those who aren't Jews. The good news shows how God makes people right with himself. From the beginning to the end, becoming right with God depends on a person's faith. It is written... Those who are right with God will live by faith. Verse 18, I'm almost done. God shows his anger from heaven. It is against all the godless and evil things people do. There are so, there are so evil that they say no truths. The truth about God is plain to them. God has made it plain God's made it plain for you and I to serve Him with our whole hearts. If we're going to serve God correctly, we've got to serve Him with our whole heart. About a year and a half ago, I got a friend back home. His name is Damon. I was talking with my horseshoer today, and he knows Damon. We were talking about Damon. And about a year and a half ago, I got a phone call from Damon's wife. Said Damon wasn't doing so good. And I said, well, what's the matter? She said, well, his liver is gone. See, Damon is a heavy drinker. He drinks every day. He drinks from morning he gets out of bed to the time he goes to bed at night. He drinks all the time. Man, good calf roper, good cowboy, good man. He's a good man, got a good wife, got some good kids, good guy, owns a good business. His wife called me about a year and a half ago and I was here at the church one day, and they used to be our neighbors real close to us. We loved them dearly. 
I always knew back in that old life, in my old life, if I was having a bad day and, and I wanted a beer, I could go over to his house because he always had beer. So I was indulging in sin with him, but I thank God tonight that he pulled me out of sin and changed my life. So I've been doing this thing for about 10 years following Christ, and, and I get a call from his wife, and she says, Brother Mark, she said, I don't think he's going to make it. He needs a liver transplant, and there's no liver available. Man, I began to pray. I began to seek God. God, what do you want me to do? I said, Lord, I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to ask if he knows you as his personal Lord and Savior. We had a Wednesday night service like this. And I put Damon on the prayer list, just like we put so many on the prayer list. And I began to ask you to pray for, for Damon, and I began to ask you to, 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 to take him to the Lord, take his name to the Lord. And I, and I knew that I had an obligation for the Lord to get in my truck, drive to Waco, Texas, go to the hospital, and ask him if he knew Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. So we prayed that night. Next morning, I told Mary, I said, I'm going to go down to Waco and I'm going to see Damon. They're only giving him a couple of days to live. And I want to make sure he knows Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. You see, I love God with all my heart. And if you serve God and you're going to serve him correctly, then you got to love others. And sometimes you got to get in your car and go do things that may be inconvenience to you. It may not be on that weekly schedule of what God wants you to do. As a matter of fact, it could actually interrupt your entire life for the rest of your life when you serve God. I said for the, for the entire life, for the rest of your life. Some of y'all are in Grangerland tonight, but tomorrow you may be in Chicago, Illinois. Some of y'all are here tonight, and, and you're thanking God, and you think everything's good. God says, get up. I want you to go to Zimbabwe, and I want you to get some elephants and some zebras, and I want you to start a cowboy church. I want you to buck zebras. <laughs> wonder how many love God with their whole heart, Brother Vic, that would listen to God. Sell all their possessions. Go to Zimbabwe and preach the truth and have people shut the door on God. Do their job correctly, but see people week after week, month after month, rejecting God. I see it all the time. I'm doing my job correctly. I'm preaching the truth. There's people sitting out here. They know they need to change their ways. They know that God has a plan for them, but they're not ready to give up their old life. So they're just rejecting God. They're living incorrectly. If you have something going on in your life, you need to take care of it tonight so that you can live correctly. I, I, I heard this. I heard this from a pastor. I actually got on the phone, called his church, and thanked him for preaching this on the radio. He said, if you're not living right, God will not dwell in an unclean temple. So you know sense in praying until you're ready to get your heart right, until you're ready to get correct. As I was thinking about that today, I, I got in my truck, I put $100 worth of fuel, and this was back when fuel was up there. And I really didn't have $100 to give. But I was listening to God. 
I filled my truck all the way up. I burned the highway down. I got all the way to Hillcrest Hospital, and, and I walked in, and there his mama was. There his daddy was. His daddy's name is Winston Churchill. That's his daddy's name. I said, hey, Mr. Winston Churchill, how you doing? He said, hey, Grimes, I hadn't seen you in forever. What are you doing now? I said, man, you wouldn't believe it. I'm preaching the word of God. What are you doing here? I just thought I'd come and see Damon. Well, we're so blessed you came. His wife wasn't out there at this time. His mother was there. I talked to his wife. and his, I mean, I talked to his mother. I talked to his father. I talked to his in-laws. I'm telling you, he was done. He was over. He was complete. He was through. I mean, they only give him a few hours. Melanie came out of the room, and I said, I said, hey, so what are you doing here? I said, well, you told me that Damon's in a real bad way, and if he don't get a transplant, that he was going to die. If he don't get a transplant within the next 72 hours, he was going to die. I'm here to talk to him about his relationship with God. She went back in the room and she told Damon that I was here to talk to him about his relationship with God. He refused to see me. He shut the door on me and entail shut the door on God. But God being who God was and who is and who always will be, he blesses those who sometimes we think, why? Why, God? Is there something you're going to accomplish in his life? Why, God? I'm going to tell you all, man, how many know that I don't give up? <laughs> Some of y'all like, yeah, <laughs> I know you, boy. <laughs> I stayed for another hour, another hour and 30 minutes, talking with the family. Go back and check with him. Go back and check with him. Every time, he didn't want to see me. He didn't want to see anybody. See, he spent his whole life as an alcoholic. He spent his whole life drinking. And now his heart is hardened at the end of his life. But did you know, no matter where you are in life, if you call on Jesus' name, you can be saved? <laughs> Finally, I just... Had took enough nose that knew that they probably were getting uncomfortable with me being there. And so I said, you know what? Tell him I'm praying for him. Tell him I believe that God can do miracles, that God can fix this, that God can heal him. Would you tell him that for me? She said, we'll tell him that. I got in my truck. I called Mary. I said, you're not going to believe this. She said, what? He wouldn't see me. Remember that day I called? I was just heartbroken. Drove all the way back. Kept praying, kept praying. Next day, I got a phone call from his wife. You're not going to believe this. They found the liver. I said, oh, I believe it. I said, oh, I believe it. When we pray, God hears us. When the, when the one that's living with God in their whole heart, God hears them. My friend was dying. My friend was dying, and he was headed to hell. Do you understand that hell is real? And so if you're not living correctly, you will die and go to hell. And that ought to scare you. That ought to put the fear of God in you. 
So three days later, they do a surgery on him. And they give him a new liver. Give him a new life. Give him another chance. I went and saw him about two or three months later when he got out. We just happened to be in Waco. He told me he had to wear a cosmic bag and he was doing good. He'd never be able to ride a horse again or rope, but he was going to make it. I was thinking, man, I sure hope you leave the alcohol alone. Before we left there, brothers and sisters, he'd already been to the refrigerator twice drinking beers, pouring them down. And out the Clospy bag it goes. You know, there are people out there, in here, all over the place. That no matter how many times we need to tell them that God wants your whole heart. They still refuse Him. They still serve Him incorrectly. Man, this ought to be a wake-up call for all of us. We were talking about him today, and I started praying for him again. God, you gave him a second chance. When I seen so many that deserved it, didn't get it. I don't never understand God's ways. His ways are so much better than our ways. His, his ways are so much bigger than our ways. But I don't question his ways. I may not understand them, but I don't question them. God laid his little girl on my heart. Maybe I'm supposed to witness to her. Maybe I'm supposed to minister to her. Maybe she's the one that's going to get it, get it in her heart and get it correctly. You know, if we're not serving God with our whole heart, this is Wednesday night. If we're not serving God with our whole heart tonight, tomorrow, the next day and the next day and the next day, then we ought to be working on that. We ought to be changing, evolving, serving, reading our Bibles. How can we serve God correctly? I, I thought about it. I found this in, in 1 Chronicles 28. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your fathers and serve him with your whole heart, devoted and willing mind. Be devoted and have a willing mind. Lord searches every heart understands every desire and every thought thought if you seek him he will be found by you but if you forsake him he will reject you forever if you seek him you'll find him but if you reject him you're rejecting him for all eternity man we got to choose where we want to spend eternity tonight we got to choose tonight where we're going to spend eternity have you made that decision? Is there proof in the pudding? Can God fire us? Can God say, hey, that's a people right there who's not living correctly and I'm done with them. Where is that in the Bible? All over the Bible. Look at Lot's wife. Look at Cain. He killed Abel. I want to serve God with my whole heart. How can we do that, folks, tonight? Let me just give you a couple of things that I think that we could do on the job. Say on the job. I think that, Mary, we can do this on the job 
and be doing it correctly and for Him and for His glory. To serve God is to serve others. And it is the greatest form of charity, the pure love of Christ. Jesus Christ said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. John 13, 34. So if I have a pure heart, Nolan, and I'm going to do my job correctly, I'm going to serve God through my family. How many of you know tonight, moms, dads, you're the head of the household. You need to be serving God correctly in that house. You, man, let that convict some of you tonight. You need to be serving God correctly in the house tonight. If you want to be that cornerstone that your children can count on, run your family and run them down to the local church. Run them down to a youth program. Run them down to a, a Christian bookstore and buy them a Bible. If you want to serve God correctly, somebody get this tonight. And what I found to be true is you got to start with your family. Mary, tell you real quick, I'm not just her husband. I'm also her preacher. And sometimes I don't know when to take off what hat and put on the other one. And sometimes it's a little frustrating. But she knows as I'm teaching her, she's also teaching me. Because y'all gave her this title called Pastorette. <laughs> I got two boys. I watched one of them for the first time last night step into his ministry. I got another one about to embark on a ministry. Teaching my family. Harry, you got to get a hold of them kids. Linda, you got to get a hold of them kids. It's not too late. We got to make up for lost time, some of us. Huh. Boy, I hadn't talked to my son in years. Tonight is a good night to pick up the phone. I think to serve God, you have to start at home, have to start with your family. I think the next thing in order to serve God correctly, you have to have a giving heart. you got to be willing to sacrifice, give your time, your talent, your treasures. How many know that's so important? I watch sometimes. We'll have some, some activities around here, whether it be a work day or, or a rodeo or something. And somebody will bring up something from their house. Let's just say, for instance, like Garrett and Holly. They brought up some panels a few years ago. And those panels have been here probably five or six years and been through six or seven, eight, ten bull ridings. And those panels are probably $100 a piece, and they brought up six or eight of them. They never ask for them back. They know where they are if they need them. But they just gave. Some of y'all come up for work day and your tool breaks. Well, I'll get me another one. 
Some of you come up to help. And, and there's always those who are not right with God who sigh as soon as something breaks and you're doing it for God and you're doing it for the church. You want the preacher to pay for it. You want church to pay for it. Church be glad to pay you back. But if you're giving and you're giving unto God and you're giving with a cheerful heart, God will give back to you more than I could ever give you. More than Caney Creek Cowboy Church could ever give you. When we got here, when we got here, man, we, we brought down a, a horse trailer load of tools out of my barn. I don't even have a screwdriver anymore. I had a shop back home in Waco, Texas that was just full of tools. I don't even have a screwdriver, Harley. I got to go over to Vic's house or call Joe and say, bring me something. You know why? Because I gave it all I had. More than just tithes and offering. We give our heart to God. And with our heart comes our truck. Our trailers. Maybe our shirt. If somebody needs one. Maybe a coat in the winter to keep a homeless person warm. Maybe an early Sunday morning to get out of bed and run down here and put some cool seal on the roof so that we can have one more Sunday. Even though we know we're not going to make everybody happy, but we keep one more comfortable, they might come back next week. I think, number one, you've got to start with your family. Number two, you've got to have a giving heart. If you're going to serve God correctly, your family's got to be right. And then your, your finances, your time, your giving, your stewardship needs to be right. I think another thing is your service, your, your volunteering, your giving your time, not only in church, but to people who need you. Home visiting, going and seeking how you can help is important. For members of a church that believes in Jesus Christ, visiting someone. I put the text out the other night that Brother Jose, Officer Jose, had gotten hurt. Next thing you know, one of my elders called me and said, Hey, you want me to go to the hospital with you? I said, Well, Mary's going to go with me. We're going to make a run down there. He said, Brother, if you need me to go, I'll go. I said, I will run. You get some rest. He was willing to get up at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night and go with us. We were already on the way. We were already headed there. Do you know what? That meant so much to Officer Jose. He's not just a paid cop out here on Wednesday nights to keep the drugs and alcohol away from my youth program. He's part of our family. And, <laughs> and to go in there and hold his little beautiful baby, and she was smiling. I think she was sitting on my stomach. It was comfortable or something. I don't know. She was all smiling. I gave her to Mary. She started crying. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That did my heart good, too, to get up and go. It does your heart good to go visit somebody in the hospital, to go over to somebody's house when you know they can't come to your house. It does your heart good. Give me your whole heart. Give me your whole heart. It does your whole heart good. Donating something, giving clothes, giving goods. I think another way that we can do this and do it correctly is, watch this, this is crazy. Be a friend to somebody. Be a friend to somebody. 
Go out of your way to be a friend to somebody. How many people know that we need friends? Everybody needs somebody. I thank God for my friends. Everybody needs somebody. You watch that brother. You watch that sister. You watch that person. Man, go over there. If nobody else is shaking hands with them on Sunday, nobody else is asking them out to eat on Sunday, nobody else is going and sitting with them on Wednesday night, then get out of your comfort zone and go be a friend to that person. I preached a message a few weeks ago about shoes. How many remember that message? How this man went to church for three months and nobody said nothing. And he let his shoe touch the other guy's shoe. And the other guy was so upset that his old raggedy shoe touched his nice pretty pair of boots. He was so upset, missed the sermon, missed the prayer, got upset at the end of service. He told the guy, he said, well, I'm going to meet him anyway, even though I don't like the fact that his soul touched my soul. He said, hey, how you doing? He said, hey, man, how are you doing? He said, well, I just want to say uh, thank you for coming. The old guy teared up. He said, man, you're the first person that spoke with me in, in, in three months. I just thought if our souls could touch, maybe I could make a friend. I don't mind people calling me all the time. It don't bother me. People say, Pastor, I don't want to bother you. Bother me. It's not what I get paid for. It's because my heart is right. It's because I want to be a friend. Zig Ziglar taught me a long time ago, if you want to have friends, then you've got to go out and be a friend. Friends are not easily made, folks. It takes a lot of work. Especially when I'm your friend. <laughs> I'm done. I've got one more minute. Listen. I think sometimes, serve God correctly, you've got to cry with someone. You've got to be there and mourn with them and cry with them. Put your arm around them and say, everything is going to be okay. I have learned that my friend Jesus, my father, is the friend that sticks closer than anyone else ever will. But every now and then, every now and then, Dean, we need somebody to cry with us. I remember just a couple months ago, I was over at a friend's house and just broke down and started crying. Then I was so ashamed of myself. I said, man, everybody cries. Jesus cried, Pastor. You ain't that strong. Well, I'll take that as an insult. <laughs> but we all have moments of weaknesses. Whether you're Carl coming into my office today with a heavy heart for his friend who may be sitting there crying, say, I wish somebody come see me. I wish somebody, maybe it was God, Carl. Who knows? But everybody needs somebody to cry with them, mourn with them. I used to be scared of funerals. Now I know God's sending me there. I'm scared of reading the obituary still. Come mess up everybody's name. But I'm not scared to open up my heart and open up my arms 
and open up my life to mourn with someone, to let them cry with me or I cry with them. I think mourning is important. Crying with people is important. I hope you got something out of this. You know, correctly, correctly is what God was screaming at me. Serve me correctly. Give me your whole heart. Serve me correctly. Give me your whole heart. Have you given God your whole heart tonight? If not, then what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for a disaster? Are you waiting for him to, 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 to take you to the woodshed? Are you waiting to, for, for him to, to say, you know what? Don't wait for something bad to happen. It's a good night to give God your whole heart and to serve him correctly. Some of these scriptures we use over and over again, they're not cliches. They're not because we don't know any more scriptures. They're because they mean the entire eternity for those who believe in Jesus. When you say, I'm serving him correctly, Allie, and you're wanting to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. When you're living your life so the boss... Says, good job. <laughs> he didn't fire you. He said, good job. Well done. Come on home. Those are, I want to hear the boss say, well done. Good job. Come on home. I had so much more to give. But I think I've given enough tonight to make you understand that the big boss man wants us to do our job correctly. His name is Jesus. And what a great boss we have. So if you've been on the job and you hadn't been doing it correctly, this is your warning. <laughs> this is your warning. How many saw I put that on Facebook about four hours ago? I put it on there for this moment. This is your warning. If you don't do the job correctly, you could spend eternity in hell. Give him your whole heart tonight. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for this group of people. Father, I told them what you told me to tell them. If you were speaking to me, Lord, I receive it. If you were speaking to someone that's here tonight, Lord, let them receive it. Father, we thank you tonight for this uh, opportunity to hear from you. That we need to serve you correctly. And how we act, how we talk, how we walk, what we do in our homes and out of our homes. Lord, keep us right. Baptize, baptize us all, Lord with a renewed spirit tonight. Baptize us all tonight, Lord, with a newness that we're back on the job.
wanting to do it right. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a praise, amen.